Welcome to A Brighter Day in the Neighborhood with your host, Angela Jones. Presented by Brighter Day Law, listen to the stories of the people who make Colorado Springs a great place to live and make our world better every day. We want to give back to those who give so much to us. You're listening to KPPF, The Power of Community. Today, a story about a storyteller and somebody who has a heart for sharing um, stories about people in the community who love to help like this wonderful lady does. It is a brighter day in the neighborhood, and that's the new program that we're launching here with Angela Jones. Angela is the founder of Brighter Day Law here in the city, and this is a program that is about the stories of the people who make Colorado Springs such a great place to live and who work so hard to make our world better every day. Angela wants to give back to those who give so much to all of us. Angela. Uh, it's wonderful to have you here. This is the first episode of this program. Uh, we're going to turn this over to you starting next week, but you wanted to spend some time together to talk about what the show is going to be all about. What I would first love to do, though, is learn about you and your background and how you found your way into practicing law and a brighter day law and the journey from your days in law school to there and then when that moment came that you knew that because you've been so successful that you want to give back to other people in the community by giving them some time to share their stories. Great. Thank you, Ted. I uh, really appreciate the invitation um, of KPPF to come and join you guys in serving the community because I know um, that the station itself has very much a heart for Colorado Springs and wants to provide a platform for uh, individuals who have really dedicated themselves to serving others, to serving um, our local community, and you know that is a as a uh, beginning point um, for those concentric circles of goodwill and service that um, we all bring um, to our professions. And Angela, speaking of professions, uh, let's work from front to back. Okay. You have founded an organ- a group called Brighter Day Law, but you come from some interesting places in the legal profession. But let's start there and kind of work our way back to, and, and find out where Angela started becoming Angela. Okay. Well, um, Brighter Day Law is a local family-focused law practice. Right now, we predominantly serve um, individuals who are going through divorces, custody situations um, from from parents and grandparents, you know, um, and that's our predominant focus. But we are poised to begin to expand to serve family needs. And and the difference between, say, a family-focused firm and a business firm is just that, not that we don't serve small businesses, but our focus is, our, uh, is really on enriching the lives of families who are, you know, at junctures, um, such as divorce or custody. Uh, And I founded that firm in July of uh, 2019. I had been working with another, you know, very well-respected law firm here in town, wonderful folks over there. And um, I just felt it was really important to um, start to focus my time and attention on serving those people that I felt most called to serve as opposed to being on, you know, more or less the management side. You found um, a sort of a, you're, you're in a, re, a place of revitalization and spiritual growth right now. It's one of the things that drives you. 
and through some difficult circumstances in your life, uh, iterations of lives ago, it all adds up over time. And I imagine uh, you had a place where maybe you broke and, and you, you had a low point and you realized you needed to fill yourself up with the spirit. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the things that motivates you now. Well, and, you know, truth be told, at my age, which is similar to your age, Ted, we've had <laughs> I'm wearing had it better than a, I am. <laughs> a, a variety of times when I've, I've reached, um, you know, I guess breaking points or, or you would just say, um, you know, pivotal moments. And I think maybe Oprah Winfrey described it that way, that you just have these times when you, you know, you reach a crossroads and you have to determine how now, you know you know, will I live um, going forward? And absolutely. And what's interesting about the family law practice in general, um, I went, I was um, in school for nursing when I first got married and had my oldest son, who's 30 years old um, now. But uh, from that point, I ended up switching into a social work curriculum because it was always my heart um, to be in a helping profession. Um, through a series of opportunities, I was afforded a chance to go to law school on a full scholarship. It was a public interest scholarship. And I did well in law school, which gave me the opportunity to go and work with a large firm. Um, and uh, no one in my family had ever made $80,000 a year. So when I was offered a job to make $80,000 a year, I jumped right on it. Um, and I and I did some good work there. We uh, The firm served a variety of healthcare organizations, large healthcare organizations, um, you know, a, the YMCA of uh, organization of, of Tennessee was one of our clients and did a lot of good employment work. But I found myself just gravitating toward, you know, serving the personal needs needs of managers or getting really, you know, into the lives of employees and employers, um, even in that capacity. But um, when I um, became pregnant with our oldest, our middle son, who's 19 now, um, the age I was really when I had my first child, <laughs> I needed to shift into being at home, being at home with him, being at home um, with his older brother. And um, from that point, I started to do contract work um, in family law and was able to help a lot of people utilizing that commercial business background, you know, to assist them in uncovering fraud and recovering assets and things of that nature. Um, But from that point, I did serve a stint as a stay-at-home mom and a military spouse traveling um, Um, We lived overseas, we lived in Hawaii, we lived in Kansas, which I had to look up on the map the first time I found out we were moving there, uh, before we ultimately landed here in Colorado Springs by choice. And that was the place that my family um, had identified as the community we wanted to be a part of. You know, um, so, you know, our children were at the middle school, you know, age and to finish high school, go to college. And we've got a, our youngest is about to graduate and going to a Colorado State College. So um, we're really happy to be here in the community. But um, I got my start with a local law firm in real estate. And and I'm not kidding. It's just this draw, like a moth to a flame in some ways, back into family law. And before you know it, within three, four months, I had a full family load, you know, family law caseload. And so that's sort of the 
you know, I, I don't know if family law keeps finding me or I keep gravitating toward it, but I find that um, the greatest impact I have is, you know, working with individuals who have found themselves at that crossroads, the crossroads where, you know, their family is in transition in one way or another. Oftentimes it's difficult transitions, but really, you know, calling people into the opportunity that exists when sometimes very unwelcome opportunities for change present themselves. Angela, this adversity that you've been through that has given your your soul the shape and form that it has. I remember the first conversation we had that you, when you in, expressed an interest in in wanting to do something, to wanting to share yourself, mm -hmm. these these parts and pieces of yourself that can speak into the hearts of people who have done good things and been through bad things and ways that you're able to help with those problems. But more than anything else, you used a phrase that um, it, you said helping professions. Mm -hmm. That really resonated with us here. Mm -hmm. And that really made us very hotly interested in finding a way to present this concept because it is not usual, mm -hmm. which is what we love about it. Who freely gives of their time and takes time out of their professional day and wants to share so openly uh, helping others. Uh, very few people want to do that in such a public way and yet here you are. Well, I, you know, Ted, I think in some ways there's a little bit of self-orientation out of the whole thing because lawyers get a bad rap, you know. Um, our reputations, you know, rank right there with used car salesmen. And hey, I think used car salesmen do a service too. <laughs> you know, they connect people with, you know, uh, good transportation, you know, most often. But, you know, it, it's kind it, every attorney. Well, and I'll, I'll backtrack on that. Not every single attorney. They're not all, you know, altruistic or in it for necessarily, you know, um, appropriate reasons. But I would say the vast majority of attorneys that I've ever met, if I were to speak to them um, about why they do what they do, I mean, it is a hard job. It is because they want to help people. They want to serve their community in, you know, through their own giftings, be that through their business giftings, you know, protection um, from state encroachment, you know, navigating, you know, a tough interpersonal situation. Um, you know, every lawyer that I'm closely associated with, for sure, and that's a lot of attorneys, um, do it because they want to help. And, you know, the law, the people who are in law are in it, you know, for the reason of helping people. We think of certain types of professions as helping professions. Mm -hmm. And that was very narrow in my mind's eye, like what professions are helping professions? And, you know, do you have to do legal aid to be a helping professional? Or, um, you know, do you have to uh, be a nurse or do you have to be in the Peace Corps or, you know, to be, you know, a helping professional or even a public servant? And truth be told, um, Many, many professionals went to school to do what they do because they wanted to lend their gifts and talent and time to their fellow man. And I think there are a great deal more of those non-traditional helping professions and professionals out there um, who just need an opportunity um, to share their 
you know, perspectives and reasons for what they do so that people can really start to understand and appreciate um, the the vast majority um, of folks that are out there, you know, opening up shops and um, delivering our mail or, you know, working on our cars or cutting our hair that went into doing it because they genuinely want to enrich the lives of others. And you want to celebrate those wonderful souls. Absolutely. I want to highlight those people. I want to make connections with those people. I want to make connections for those people because I think those are, you know, the hidden gems. Like, you know, I love to go into, you know, the, the diners and dives and, you know, and but the key is in all of that is finding those little those undercover gyms that you would drive right by and not realize wow you're missing something spectacular there and there we walk past people all the time with all that's gone on in the world in the last year you know us becoming you know socially isolated um, I think it's even more important to really take the time um, to see people and hear people and give them a platform to be known not everybody has that you are a spiritual divining rod of sorts and it's interesting to hear you describe how you encounter these people that ultimately you're going to bring here and share with the community and let them share their stories um what is it that draws you to any of these people you've given some great examples it could be your hairdresser it could be the the grocery the grocery clerk the guy that stocks the fish thing in the in whole foods it could be uh, it, it could be any number of people who are just heroes in their own right and just plain unsung, but deserve to have that story of theirs told. Well, and you know, you've brought up the spiritual aspect, and I do have a, a, a religion of preference that I practice, but I think that's exactly right. I mean, but to me, that's really the thing. It's not about a religion per se. It really is about seeing, you know, the the greatness um, that I'll just use the word God for a lack of a better term. You know, some people would say the universe, you know, mm-hmm. energy, what have you. Um, and, and I think those are all different names for the same thing. And I think there's some, you know, there's some value, you know, to find a vocabulary that works for you um, in that regard. But, but for me, that vo- vocabulary is to see God in everyone. There was a song and it might've been the eighties. I remember nineties that, you know, what if God was one of us? Mm-hmm. And I think God is all of us. I mean, not that we're all God, but you know, we have that thing that he has placed in all of us um, or she has placed in all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not to get specific there again, it's just a, you know, vocabulary I grew up and was more accustomed with. Um, but you know, that, we have a beauty, that we have a purpose, that we have um, a gift and gifts. Many of us have gifts that are meant to be shared with everyone around us. Um, my husband's in the military and there's this kind of funny term I learned from him um, called a self-licking ice cream cone. You know, we're not designed to be self-licking ice cream cones. You know, we're not here just to serve our own interest and people who end up only serving their own interest really genuinely uh, are the most unhappy and unfulfilled people. It's through being a value you know, by sharing ourselves, by lending ourselves to other people in a healthy way with boundaries, um, that we really become 
who we were made to be. And we encourage other people and um, pro- provide fertile ground for them to grow and be who they were meant to be, to shine. And I think it's really, for me, it's one of the most enjoyable things for me is to be able to celebrate the successes of other people. And it brings up something else that I was taught in my younger days. My dad was really good about uh, just a few words and making a big impact with those words. You never know who you're sitting next to. That's right. And one day at the age of 13, he introduced me to Avard Fuller, Mm. the founder of Fuller Brush Company. Wow. This was back in 1971, 72, 73. Mm -hmm. I had no idea, but I knew Fuller Brushes at the age of 13, but I had no idea that that man uh, sitting next to me uh, put his pants on the same way I did. And so uh, you never know. And so something about these people draws you to them, Angela. Not only is it your heart, Mm -hmm. that's kind of where all this starts is, is that motivation to help those in the helping profession or to say thank you to them or Mm -hmm. to shine some light on them. And, you know, I'm thinking now to the school janitor who's been there for 27 years and kids do mean things to janitors, but he's there day in and day out. And you never know what his story is. And, And maybe it is something so compelling. It should be shared and it should be celebrated. And that's kind of, that's kind of what you're looking to do is bring those people out of the shadows and and share those stories of theirs, share their hearts. Well, and it's twofold because you know I don't know if you've ever heard the the phrase yeah you're you're unique like everybody else. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and so on the one hand we are you know each unique we're 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 you know we've got our own the way that we're configured in our own nobody is going to live the exact same life. But at that same time sometimes we feel like we're the only one, like we're the only person who has that you know, life path or story and that, you know, we feel isolated or, um, you know, maybe can't see a way forward because there's no example, uh, you know, of folks like, oh, this person's like me and they went from being here to being there. And I mean, that's exactly how humans, you know, progress, you know, I mean, world records are world records until someone breaks them. And then that record set to be broken again. I'm in a large um, mentoring group. And, you know, part of our part of our group is, you know, to constantly, you know, sort of challenge and support one another's to elevate. And so as soon as one person, you know, breaks, you know, a, a revenue barrier or, um, you know, uh, goes on vacation, you know, a lawyer goes on vacation for two weeks and doesn't take a single call, the rest of us realize, wait, that's possible. And then it becomes common. And the next, you know, elevation of, you know, your ability to run your business or the way that you interact with your family or the way that, you know, you organize something in your neighborhood or, you know, um, the way that you teach your children about, you know, you know, instruments or, you know, serving people, what have you, whatever's um, important to you, whatever your unique contribution or perspective is that you can share that can become a part of the norm just by putting it out there because other people will see it and they'll go, wait a second, I I didn't realize that there are folks just like me. And, you know, I like that stuff too. Um, (laughs) I had a boss in, I yeah, it was in Germany. He owned a comic book, you know, and card shop. Before that, he had sold BMWs. And he said, there is a tail end for every seat. Doesn't matter what the car is. It doesn't matter what the comic book is. 
there, there's a, a right fit. And I think that's really informed um, my perspective just in terms of realizing it's like there are tons and tons and tons of very unique people with unique, you know, perspectives, proclivities, um, you know, um, time, you know, or talents. And there's a tribe for each of those people. And sometimes it's intersecting tribes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, none of us have to be isolated and alone or doing things all by ourselves. Um, and unfortunately, I think there are too many of us that um, don't realize that we're not the only one working as hard as we do or struggling the way that we are um, and don't always you know, see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think um, opening up that conversation and inviting people to share their stories about where they were you know, where they are, where they're going, um, can really encourage everyone along that, that path. And I think along the way, you're going to give a couple of gifts to people. You're going to give the gift of curiosity. You're going to give the gift of knowing how to express an interest in your fellow man. Mm-hmm. Again, you don't know who you're sitting next to. You don't know why they're crying. You don't know why uh, they look like they haven't slept in weeks. You don't know why they're, they're laughing as hard as they are. You don't know what's going on in their world, but um, you, you find a way. You find something common between the two of you. And a, a great way to start a conversation is just by sharing that you have something in common or noticing something about the person you're sitting next to, especially you just never know. You hear stories. You hear stories about people who touched somebody's lives in a tiny way, and that was the day they were going to end their life mm-hmm. because they had just been through, through so much tragedy and one human being, mm-hmm. just one human being with a little bit of brightness in their soul reached mm-hmm. out and touched them and gave them some of their light. This is some of what you're going to teach people how to do as you walk through these interviews with some wonderful folks who you may never meet, you may have never heard of, Mm -hmm. but who have incredible stories. I think one of my favorite examples that is uh, very pop Mm culture-ish is the movie with Bill Murray called St. Vincent. Hmm. It is about a guy who had a very heroic military career, uh, but never shared anything about his life. And he was always very very grumpy a horrible disposition but he had been caring for years for his wife who was suffering from uh, alzheimer's in a nursing home he was financially drained because of that right he um he expressed himself uh, through gambling and through um you know enjoying the company of of women that he paid for their company those those kinds of things and it took a little boy it took a little boy going to a catholic school whose school project was to find a hero and this little boy got to know this guy who just just tried to break his spirit six ways from sunday the little guy's spirit wasn't getting broken and he was able to tell the story and angela some of that is going to happen here uh mm-hmm. in in your studio for uh for the program and i'm we're, you know we're so looking forward to some of that and, and again um you are drawn to these people there's something inside of you that draws you to people who generally you might never think to approach you might never think that they have lives, but they do. Well, of course. And, and I mean, I think part of that is having traveled a great deal. You know, you know with, with the military, you move different places, but also just um, one of the things that, that my family likes to do is travel internationally. That's been one of the things that's toughest about this past year is, um, you know, not being able to travel the way that we like to. Um, we've taken our kids, I believe, to about 58 countries um, so far. And we've got, um, God willing, we're 
going to be um, doing a trip through um, Asia and Southeast Asia this coming um, December. And so that'll be another, you know, half dozen at least countries we visit. But that's something that, you know, going different places and hearing about the histories of communities or the histories of individuals that impacted communities and who the heroes are, you know, in the different places that we've gone. That's one thing. But I remember when I first came, um, you know, to Colorado, I went to Red Rocks for, you know, a concert. I don't even remember who was playing at the concert, to be honest. But I remember the fellow that drove people from the parking lot up to the top where you go in for a ticket because he was a retired doctor from, um, I believe it was Nairobi, who had come to the United States and he was driving this van. And I mean, and, and it wasn't a very long trip, but it was just that curiosity, you know, because I under, I heard his accent and, you know, just asked where he was from and, you know, how he came to drive the van. And it was a really interesting, you know, story about, you know, you know, what he had gotten here, how much joy that he got in, you know, being at Red Rocks in and of itself and meeting different people. And that's why he did what he did to keep himself engaged and active, you know. Um, so I just, I, I think there's, it, it's a huge mistake to walk past people and not realize that, I mean, this is a, you know, a whole you know, could be novels worth of of interest, but I mean, there's stories in every person. They're like, you know, um, untapped movies. Or if you took, you know, like say any given movie that you watch, you could recreate the entire movie from any given character's perspective, and it would be fascinating and and new and interesting. And there'd be things that we could learn from it. And I, and for me, I think it would be a tragic mistake to miss that with anybody. Angela, the program of Brighter Day in the Neighborhood, presented by Brighter Day Law, which is your firm, hosted by yourself, Angela Jones, is going to air Sunday mornings here on KPPF on a different story every week. Talk, uh, give us a couple of examples, if you can, of people that uh, that you think uh, might be coming to visit here fairly soon. Well, very, very soon, we're going to have um, a young man who is a special forces um, in the special forces here, who is really doing gangbusters in the real estate business. And I'm going to uh, talk with a actually my hairdresser who gave me the idea um, for doing a show like this um, when I learned why exactly she decided to go to hair school instead of medical school. That is an interesting choice. <laughs> Angela, uh, uh, one or two more examples really quick. We've got about a minute left, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. So um, we've talked with a number of, of people. Um, I a friend of mine um, runs a local aesthetics salon, and she's very interested in um, talking with people who have actually gone through divorce um, and, you know, the things that you can do to rejuvenate and, you know, step into that new life. And the reason she went into that, um, she's, a, she's a nurse, and the reason that she went into that um, had to do um, with some issues that she faced as a result of some um, injuries in the military. So we'll be hearing from her as well. Wow. Um, and there are a million stories and they are all going to bring some new brightness to your day. You're going to learn about some wonderful people who've been through tribulations and trials and you're going to hear about them from Angela Jones, who brings her own very unique set of experiences in life.
some very ugly and some beautiful experiences um this period in your life that you're in right now angel i think that's that spirit uh, comes through and i think uh, you're going to teach people a lot um angela we can't thank you enough for joining our family here at kppf uh, angela jones hosting a brighter day in the neighborhood on kppf here uh, 98.5 fm 10:40 a.m and 95.7 fm from 11 to 11:30s on sunday morning and you'll be able to pick it up by podcast on demand at kppfradio.podbean.com. Angela, thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Ted. This has been A Brighter Day in the Neighborhood, presented by Brighter Day Law. Heard every Sunday at 11 a.m. on KPPF 98.5 FM, 